Are you recording? Okay, now I'm recording. <laughs> you guys, hi. Hey. Oh, we have to record a new opening. Hello, and welcome to the Habit Podcast. I'm Christina Franklin. I'm Paige Berg. And I'm Zan Rule. <laughs> <laughs> you just like turned all the way up. <laughs> Wow. We have just like, we've been talking for the last 15 minutes and I wish we would have been recording, but here we are. Hi, you guys. Do you guys want to tell the listeners what we were talking about? I think Zan had the abbreviation for it. (laughs) Zan, what's the abbreviation? Oh my God, you guys. If only you could have been a part of this conversation. A hundred percent. Before we even go into what the topic is today, I just want to say that I didn't know that this was like a thing until you said it, Zan. So apparently this is the first time that Christina has ever experienced this, but it's something I like to call dads, which is an acronym for day after drinking shits. Christina is experiencing this full force. And it's Monday night, you guys. Uh, Whoa, she had a judgment. Crazy Sunday Zona. night in New York City. No, no, I'm like honestly really excited and impressed that you had a Sunday did, fun day, like a true a Sunday, Sunday fun, fun day. day, guys. And I, you know, for those of you who follow us and see my hashtag, this is 30 hashtags all the time. This was hashtag not for 30 year olds. We went out. I went to a comedy club. I went to a show, a comedy show in New York City. At, it started at 10.45 p.m. Whoa. Whoa. I got out. It was almost 1 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, I feel cool. But this morning, I experienced what you guys call dads, which is day after drinking shits. And it's anyway, not going Anyway, now that so everybody well. knows that my Anywho. butt is a little spicy, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this podcast is literally. not about alcohol. <laughs> Great way to put it. It's literally, it's nothing related to alcohol. I mean, it has to do with food, so we'll just jump right into it. And that's that, okay? No, so today, you guys, first of all, it's Paige. Coach Paige is the host for the day for this podcast episode. So hello, welcome to my show. Um, <laughs> today, we're talking about meal building. So how you can meal build like a boss. Why does this matter? Why does it matter to time your meals out? So we want to talk about it to ensure that you can feel like a 10 out of 10 on all the days that end in Y. So how's that? We're excited. So in case you're new to the show, wow. First of all, crazy first episode for you to tune into with that intro. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. If, if you're new to the show, rewind. Go to another episode. <laughs> yeah. Like a little like record skip. <laughs> um, so in case you're new to the show, we are The Habit Team. Um, the Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. And hi, we are your coaches. So to hi. learn more. Head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com with a Y to book a free consult call. We want to hear from you. Yeah. I sound like a radio DJ. I liked it. All right. (laughs) So I want to start with one of my favorite topics, and it is talking about our favorite beauty products right now. So we're going to oh, do new segment? this. Yes, this is a new segment. And Ooh. I just wanted to hear the latest and greatest. There's so much information out there on like what you should have and be putting on your face four times a day. But Zan, what's your favorite beauty tool or product? 
It's actually funny. I don't really feel like I have one. I am one of those girls that literally wears makeup maybe once a month. Ditto, girl. And you guys, Ditto. you should see her skin. It's oh, so stop it. Stop it. Well, I would say if I had to choose, it would be a curling iron. My hair is like a straight afro if I let it air dry. And so when I actually do it, I like to put nice curls in it, add a little bit of volume. So that would definitely be my favorite tool. Oh my God. I love That's it. adorable. It's I want it so it. cute. <laughs> put it in the Please. episode notes. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite hair curler? I don't have a favorite brand, but I would say I definitely use a one inch barrel. That gives me the perfect okay. amount of curls. See? I like this. Got it. Wait, when you say hair curler, do you mean a curling iron? Yeah, hair curler, hair iron. This is like the the debacle between like hair binder, ponytail holder, <laughs> pony holder. Like this is probably the same ordeal. I say hair tie. Okay, see, there's another one. <laughs> tomato, um, tomato. Christina, tell me your favorite beauty tool or product. I have two right now. Can I say two? Yeah. Okay. The first one I actually got off of Ariel Charnis from Something Navy. Oh, she's such a babe. And she's like such a good mother and has such a nice voice. Anyway, according to like what we I see on Instagram, I just like love her. Anyway, um, she posted this thing called IGK texture hairspray. And it's just like a it's kind of like a root volumizer, but it's a spray and it's not like what you know, sometimes you put like sprays in your roots and they like look white. Yes. Or like dry, not like that because I have very dark hair. So it's called it's from IGK. Um, it's got this really cool like beachy scene on it. Um, but what's cool about it and what she was saying was that it's a texturing spray that doesn't have salt in it. Oh, mm. yeah. So like it gives my hair such cool lift, and I just got a haircut. So like it gives my hair and layers like beautiful lift, but there's no salt. So love that. And then um, my other favorite thing right now is this Mac eyebrow like. I don't even know what I would call it. It's not a pencil. It looks like mascara. Oh, yeah. Like a gel. Like a gel. Yeah. I So I don't wear makeup ever, but the two things that I do use is a little texture spray so my ponytails look not so sad and flat. (laughs) And my eyebrows, which are V-dark need some taming so literally every morning the like one of the first things i do is just like use this gel to put them into place and you always comment on my eyebrows page your eyebrows are always snatched just looking like perfect (sighs) yeah you're so nice no they look they always look great i'm like trying to grow mine out right now to be like you but i also am like the exact opposite of you like complexion and just beauty wise so i should probably not try and grow them out super bushy but anyway yeah, mine are bushy. I love it. I wish. What's yours? You're always perfect. So what's up? <laughs> so mine is more relevant to the weather change that's happening right now. It is, I found this makeup artist on Instagram through a friend. She does like Rosie Huntington Whiteley's makeup. She does uh. like so many beautiful stars that are just like super dewy and glowy. So she posted this moisturizer called Wellida. And I'm pretty sure it's like a British, yeah, W-E-L-E-D-A. And I was like, okay, great. Like this is going to be super expensive because it like makes them look all dewy and it's, you know, Mm. used on the stars and it's like eight bucks. They now have it at Target, which is great, but it's like this super, super thick moisturizer that she uses to just like on the high points of your face use as a highlighter in quotes. 
Um, what? And then she'll like sprinkle a little highlight over that. And it really just like picks up the shimmer on your like cheekbones or forehead or whatever. But it also is a dual purpose because not only do you just look like really glowy all times, but I cake this stuff on at night after like four other serums. But <laughs> I cake this on at night and I just lay with my hair pulled back on my silk pillowcase and I'm probably getting this cream everywhere when I sleep, but it's like I wake up and I'm just like super glowy and ready to go because it's just like what? instant moisturizer. So it was a really long description, but I'm obsessed with it and it's like eight bucks. It sounds magical. Wait, I love that. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should link we should link all these. We things. should. Yes. Mm-hmm. Note to self. Wait, I have a question before we move on to the topic. Do you wash your face in the morning? So I use a micellar water with a what? Like a little so it's <laughs> So I wish I could go like grab it. It's hard to explain. It's I want to say it's like Garnier has it, but I've been using a different one because I have super sensitive skin and it basically is almost like a toner, but it washes your face without like the act of washing your face. So I not only use it to quote unquote wash my face in the morning, but I also use it to take off my makeup. So it's completely, it looks like water with like, it looks like water with a little soap on top, but it's more than that. So you just like, kind of like put it on a thing and and put it on your face and then like, that's all you do Yep. before you put your makeup on. Yes. But if I'm, if let's say I'm for sure, I do it if I'm working out Mm. just to get like last night's oils off my face before I go sweat. Um, I try not to wash my face again, quote unquote, wash my face every morning because I'm so dry, especially now that I Mm. like to try and just have the moisturizers from the night before set in. And then I just put makeup, my makeup on on top of that. But yes, I usually wash my face. Then do you? I probably only wash my face like once a day, if that, always before I go to bed. But you guys are teaching me so many new things right now. I mean, like, I don't know anything that Paige is talking about. She's I don't like know really perfect and dewy all the time. But like no. my eyebrows are always in the right place. I will say that. <laughs> I was a total tomboy growing up. So this is all like extremely so as as foreign. Don't go down a hole because your skin is already great. And I'm just like trying to be yeah. better about skincare so I don't have to wear as much makeup, if that makes sense. Love that. Um. All right. Let's talk about meal building, which is not meal prep. No, it is not. So, Christina, why don't yeah. you just like give like a definition of meal building? Like in a nutshell, what does it mean? So, meal building in its most simplest form is just like the act of how you choose what is in your meal, I would say. I love that. Perfect. Yeah. I think I could stop there. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's like how you choose to it's like how you choose your ingredients for your meal and yes. like what you choose to like pair it with and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfect. And in this case, thinking about the macros when you do it. And I think it seems like this foreign thing when it is very simplistic in nature. Um, it probably can get more complex, especially if like you're an athlete or if you have like super hard set goals to accomplish in a certain amount of time. But if you're like regular folks like us, Um, there are some like simple ways that you can structure your day to make sure that you're getting like the bang for your buck. Um, and we can dive into that. So I just wanted to start by like setting the scene with a little example, because I think that's just like nice to get a little, you know, mental vision of what this might look like. So set the tone girl. Yes. Share your vibe. (laughs) 
let's say that you wake up, you have some egg whites with veggies, sprinkle a little cheese in there. You have a little turkey bacon on the side. Um, you go right to work. You are slammed with meetings. So you miss your morning snack, which was going to be like maybe a little bit of fruit, maybe a little bit of a yogurt. Um, but then come noon, you're ready for lunch. You're starving and you're ready to eat your pre-made salad with chicken. So that's like sustainable for you because you have some protein in there. Um, you meet your afternoon snack then, but then you head straight from work to a berries class, berries boot camp. Get it. You're on the treadmill and you're lacking like some major motivation and just overall energy and strength. And you look at the clock and it's 15 minutes in and you're like, holy shit, I'm dying. Like we have 45 minutes to go or maybe it's 30. I can't remember the duration, but you in a nutshell are exhausted and you're wondering why you're like, okay, I did miss my morning snack, but you know, I shouldn't be this hungry. Well, what is missing in this day, Zan? Like, what would you say is like the main macro? That Girl, you're where are those carbs at? Yes. When you were saying that, I was like, there are no carbs in the store. Literally <laughs> none at all. Exactly. Yes. So her, this person, or it's one of us maybe that she's, um, that we're talking about, the blood sugar's crashing. You're thinking about like, Right when I'm done with this class, I'm going to go like slam some fistful of granolas or in my case, sometimes pumpkin bread when you rock right in your door. (laughs) I might have made two more loaves this week. You and your pumpkin bread. Um, I saw those. (laughs) So, you know, really like Zan was mentioning, like this day is fully lacking carbohydrates. And of course, like you're not only feeling super sluggish by the time that you hit that afternoon snack, but you can't make it through your workout. And that's frustrating. But there are really easy ways that you can kind of backfill your day to ensure that when you get to that six o'clock workout that you're ready to go. Um, this could also happen to have noticed with either protein or fat lacking throughout your day. Mm-hmm. Like if I have a load of fat in my dinner and maybe like my dessert for if I'm going out to eat, I do notice throughout the day, like I am dragging ass because I just need more macronutrients to make me feel more balanced. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of what we're talking about here is pulling in a few different buzzwords around just meal building in general and really the timing of your meals. So why don't we break it down a little bit further? Zan, you mentioned one. So why don't you just keep going with the other two macronutrients? What exactly these do for us? Yeah. So I'll just give a general definition. So carbs basically give you energy. Protein is the macro that supports recovery of muscle and maintenance of lean muscle mass. And then fats. Fats support hormone function and joint health and can be used as your secondary energy source. So I also like to look at it this way. Your body breaks down carbs the quickest. So you're going to be able to utilize those carbs for energy right away. Mm -hmm. Fat, your body takes the longest to break down. So it gives you more of that sustained energy throughout the day. However, you wouldn't want to eat a ton of fat before your workout because your body takes so long to break it down. That's when often people sometimes experience, you know, um, those cramps while working out because your body is still trying to break down that food. And then protein is just, I mean, you're safe with protein literally any time of the day. I love that. That was really well I feel like it's also important to to note that like just like how a deficit in these nutrients will affect you like not enough carbs your body has nothing to grab for so you're you know you're you're tired you're sluggish the same is the opposite like if you have way too much fat 
you will also feel super sluggish because your body is just like bogged down. Um, Mm -hmm. So it really is about that like balance of what's the right, or not balance, but what's that window of what's the, what can I digest where it can be put to good use and it's not too little or too much that I'm going to feel like shit. Right. (laughs) And at the same time, like I also wouldn't freak out if this is something that's like super foreign to you. You've never really thought about Mm. this concept before. Like it is not rocket science here. Like it's just ensuring that you have the key macronutrients at almost every meal. And to your point, Christina, making sure that you're not like bogged down by a certain macro at a certain meal. Now, if you're going out to eat, like my earlier example, yeah, you probably are saving quite a bit of fat and potentially carbs for that later meal. So you might notice some shifts in energy, mood, um, just, you know, maybe stomach bloating. I don't know. You name it. It could happen if you're kind of like off your normal um, routine of getting the appropriate amount of macros at every single meal. And that's totally okay. Right. Totally okay. Like I went out to dinner last night and it was a Szechuan place. So it was super high in um, fat because everything's in chili oil. And when I played tennis today, I was super sluggish, but like, it's okay. I went out and had a great time with my friends and I knew that I wasn't going to like, you know, it's not like I had a, like a match. Right. It was just hitting some balls around. So right. it's all right. <laughs> Right. And even just these examples, like personal examples that we're giving, like even if you were the same height, weight, body type as Zan or Christina or I, like how you eat and when you eat and choosing your meal timing might look differently for you still because it's Mm -hmm. just total preference and what you're you're what you're used to. Yeah. So what's just like, you know, your first what's like the first version of how to build build a meal? Protein. (laughs) Always start with the protein. I think this is like the easiest place to start ensuring that you have protein at every Mm -hmm. single meal. And I know a lot of people freak out when they hear that because they're like, ew, I don't really want chicken for breakfast. We're not saying that. Like get creative. If you're having a beautiful omelet in the morning, make sure to get some like chicken sausage, chorizo. Mm -hmm. I usually add like deli meat in with all of my scrambles that I make in the morning um, with some toast. So Right then and there, knock it out of the park, making sure that protein is about, I don't know, I would say a little under half of your meal every single time. Yeah. It's also important for like just staying satiated. If you have a big bowl of oatmeal and there's like four grams of protein in it, like if you don't make it with milk or you don't like put peptides in it or you don't put like, I don't know, whatever, nuts or an egg white, which is what I put in my oatmeal, you'll you'll be hungry like within a couple hours because like you said, it's the fastest burning macro. So it, it goes into your body and it, it will be gone in a, in a heartbeat. So start with that protein. And I think a lot of people are like, Oh, like I can't have oatmeal then, but it's like, no, no, no. Have of your oatmeal you for like can your 10 a.m. snack or put some turkey bacon or whatever kind of bacon on the side and like make it even that way. Yeah. Also, if you put an egg white in a bowl of that oatmeal, too. you literally don't know it's there. No. Or if you cook it with milk, it's another like 10 grams of protein. Oh my God. Yeah. So before I learned about macros and really like, you know, the benefit of each one, I was eating a banana and oatmeal in the morning. Do you know how many carbs that is? I know. And I was wondering, why the hell am I so hungry? I just ate so much food. And to your point, Christina, it is all carbs. Your body breaks that down so fast. So when I learned that, I was yeah. like, oh my yep. God, like I need to start implementing protein first thing in the morning so that I'm not feeling this vanished throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you start with protein, you have, you know, you figure there's half, like for like, maybe not half, I would say like 30 to 40% of what you're consuming. Definitely. Yeah. And then from there, like, again, we're kind of just going with the breakfast theme here. So I'm going to keep going. Next would be to add in some carbohydrates. And ideal if they're coming from a quality source, like a vegetable or fruit. So, you know, you're adding some mushrooms, spinach, onion, pepper. I mean, the list goes on in terms of breakfast veggies to add there. So, you know, I would say that this is like your, again, primary source of energy. So the more that you can load with the protein source, the better that you're going to be satiated throughout your morning or afternoon. Um, so key in this, my prime example, veggies to the omelet and a piece of toast always underneath my eggs, always. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And for me, like, and I know we're going to get on the topic of timing, but, you know, I like to work out first thing in the morning. So I always make sure that my breakfast has those carbs in it because like we said, it's the primary energy source. So as soon as I eat that, I'm going to have energy immediately for my workout. Right. Now I still include protein in that, but I also load up more protein post-workout for sure. I love that. I was going to say something similar where like mix your dense carbs with your um, high volume carbs, because if you have just like a piece of toast with your Mm -hmm. eggs, or if you just have your oatmeal, you're not going to get a lot of bang for your buck there. You like a couple Mm -hmm. bites. It's a dense carb, you know, like oats or grains or whatever, while very delicious are dense carbs. So if you're okay with like pairing those with high volume carbs, like leafy greens or, you know, peppers, tomatoes, whatever, but usually veggies are, are pretty low in carbs. So that's how you can get kind of your volume up. But at the same time, you can also just not use, like if you're really low on carbs, (laughs) you can just not use grains or breads or anything like that. Like if you had 30 grams of carbs left and you were absolutely starving and just came back from working out, like, (laughs) all right, fill up your plate with like veggies until you're like up to your eyes. Right. Right. Until you're five you hundred grams. <laughs> yeah. Fill up a family size bowl of vegetables. It's like nine grams of carbs. Yep. So our last one, fats, beautiful fats. Um, mm. so adding a little avocado to your breakfast scramble, cheese, my personal favorite. Christina, you used to say this a lot, but leaving leftover fat in the pan and then cooking something else in that pan. Can you explain that better than I just did? Oh yeah, girl. I got you. So I'm not sure how, so fat is flavor. That's what it is. Mm. Fat is why things taste good. If you ever go to a restaurant, you would literally have a freaking stroke if you saw how much (laughs) fat goes into the food, because that's how it is made delicious. That is what it is. More importantly, animal fats are the most delicious and flavorful. So that's why things are cooked with lard. That's why they're cooked with butter. That's why they're cooked with like residual fat from meats and stuff like that. So one of my favorite things to do is to cook with a fattier cut of meat, Cut, cook the meat first in a dry pan, not with any oil whatsoever. So let's say chicken thighs or like lean ground beef, which obviously has fat in it. Or bacon, which is surprisingly fine. It's like a one-to-one fat protein ratio. It's like a little more fat than like a gram 
uh, more fat than um, than protein in some of those. So cook that first, remove it from the pan, leaving all of its drippings and fat and flavor and all that good stuff. And then you just put the veggies into it. That way you don't have to add an additional fat source, adding more fat to your meal and everything gets amazingly flavored. So, good. so especially this goes for like chili or anything like that. Always cook the meat first and then remove it and then add all the veggies and then kind of go from there. Layer it on. Start with the uh, animal fat. Always. Oh, my God. So my dad is known for his pancakes every it. year for Christmas. Same. And what he started doing was – Fat is flavor. He would make yeah. the bacon, take the fat, the residual fat from that, and put it into the pancake mix. Holy In the bacon. Shit. That. Game changer, you guys. It is amazing. Please try it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's Brain explosion. <laughs> That's like really delicious. I, John makes, um, we have like frozen, frozen shredded hash browns in the freezer, which is funny because you get like you get more bang for your buck with hash browns than you would for like with toast mm -hmm. a lot of times. So we'll get, we'll put that like frozen hash browns into the bacon fat and crisp it. My mouth is watering over here, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> but it's true. Like, honestly, it, you, it's the same amount of fat as if you added like a table or I'm sorry, not even a tablespoon, a teaspoon or two of oil. Okay. So like that's yeah. what you would be cooking in anyway. Right. So like eat the goddamn bacon. Right. Um. Okay. So. So yes. To recap. round it out, start with teen. You're looking at like 30 to 40, uh, 35 to 40% protein. Veggies should be like half your plate or veggies slash carbs should be like half your plate, 35, 45%, up to 50% if you're me. Awesome. So these ratios, like we said earlier, they might look different if you're an athlete, if you're breastfeeding, if you are, you know, on a higher fat diet that you might have a certain condition, like where you need to be on a more high fat, low carb diet. So of course these percentages are going to be different based on your performance or dietary restrictions. So yes. if you're just starting out, and like I mentioned, if you're, if you're one of us normal ladies that are just riding out the wave and you know, you're just trying to trying to get into a groove of what meal building looks like to you. These are just good benchmarks to have. Yeah, exactly. So by no means is it a mandate that you need every single one of these ratios at each meal, but it's just to ensure that you're not left over with a crazy amount of protein at the end of the night and you're feeling a certain type of way because you haven't had any protein all day. Yeah, it's just teaching you how to space it out throughout the day. <laughs> so getting um, to a breakout as close as you can obviously includes planning, which right. we love, um, meal prep, meal planning, and of course, ensuring that you have the right things in your fridge or your pantry. And by getting in a rhythm of eating balanced meals, you're going to notice the benefits mm -hmm. of that. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Your workouts can go longer. Your energy isn't crashing at three. Um, and you're just going to get into a more consistent you know, kind of fueling yourself um, and seeing the direct result of it. Yeah. So diving into our own personal experiences, we all have different workout routines, different preferences on our workouts, and honestly, yeah. just what we do for a living. So I yeah. love to hear from you, Zan and Christina first, and then I can kind of go into my like general rule of thumbs for how I build my day. So Zan, why don't you start 
Miss Active Coach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So kind of like I was talking about earlier, I really do plan my, I would say, carbs the most around my workouts. So I am totally a morning person in terms of working out. And it also depends on the type of workout I'm doing. So is it more strength-based or is it more cardio-based? Now, if it's more strength-based, I definitely need to make sure that I'm fully fueled for that workout. So that is where I typically time more of my complex carbs prior to my workouts. So I'll eat that, the oatmeal, the breads, sweet potatoes, whatever it might be. That's amazing. (laughs) So amazing. It's great. It's hashtag goals. Now, if I'm doing more of a cardio-based workout, I don't necessarily need as much fuel because I'm not lifting heavy weights. So I may not carb load as much before, but I always just make sure that I'm eating those carbs prior to my workout. And then immediately after my workout within that 30 minute window, I make sure I implement even more carbs and then definitely that protein. So again, um, I'm doing this after years of experience in terms of timing. That is not something that you should be concerned about at the very beginning of starting out your macro journey. But as I've learned, I know that my body functions better when I time it around my workouts. And, you know, the more energy I have for my workouts, the more calories I'm essentially going to be burning and the more efficient that workout is going to be. So I would say that's pretty much the most thought I really put into it. Now, if for some reason my workout gets pushed to the afternoon or the evening, then I make sure that I get my carb intake primarily through those fruits and veggies. And then when it comes time, maybe an hour prior to my workout in the afternoon, I'll start implementing more of those complex carbs. Now, when it also comes to timing of your meals before workouts, everybody's body's different. We all digest food in different fashions. So I'll get a lot of questions about, okay, how soon before my workout should I eat? Well, for me personally, my body digests pretty fast. So I could eat 45 minutes to an hour prior to my workout and be completely fine. Now I know other people who, you know, need an hour and a half to two hours because Mm. they're still digesting their food. And when they're working out, they get those cramps that you may have experienced. And that's basically your body just trying to continue to break down that food. But now you're exercising at the same time. Great. And it's all I wish funky. we could input that Missy Elliott flip it and reverse it song lyric right there <laughs> because I just now it's in my head. <laughs> Sing it for us. <laughs> but I that's great. It's a copyright you. issue. Yeah, if probably. a copyright issue with that. Help. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. Um, that was really helpful. And I think that'll help a lot of other our other girls too because Xana, yeah, that you was and I are really the same helpful. And that like our workouts are never the same every day. Christina, I would bet that your workouts are pretty much the same when you're working out consistently, like timing wise. I'm all over the place. Are you? These days. Oh, it surprises me. Okay. I have, I was just telling Zan earlier, I'm learning how to play tennis right now. Right. Learning some media as an adult. Whew. Yeah. Like a skill. Yeah. Really hard. <laughs> really hard. A skill. By the way, not easy, especially when you're lanky and awkward like I am. But anyway, um, that's what I'm currently doing. So I'm all over the place. I'll play tennis for like two hours at night or like I'll like I don't even my schedule is crazy right now mm-hmm. Um, in terms of working out. It's not consistent okay. whatsoever. But you used but to be more consistent. So I did. I used is, to be yeah. more consistent. And what what I before I go into kind of like my journey of meal building, I want to say, Zan, I love that you said that people's bodies process things differently. And so when you eat is different. So like I totally agree with you and my body processes things pretty quickly so i also can eat like 45 minutes before a workout and feel not a lot but like i can eat and 
feel fucking fantastic. Where Nat used to say she would eat like almost two hours before her runs. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, when I first started tracking macros, because I feel like what Zan said was so informative, but also very complex. And when I'm thinking back of when I was starting macros and that would have scared the shit out of me, that answer. (laughs) Because I get it now. But back in the day when I was like learning, just trying to like get to my macros by the end of the day, it was very hard. So the first thing that I did when I was trying to learn how to meal build was something just as simple as you could go, which is take your macros and divide it by three. That's what I would do. I would literally just divide my macros by three. And that's what I tried to hit each meal. And if I was like a little bit over one, you know, I would just kind of rein it in for my next meal or divide it by four and split that one into snacks. That was just like the most basic thing. So, you know, an example of your, you know, goal is hundred or 90 grams of, you know, protein. You're trying to get 30 for every meal, whatever. Simple math. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. (laughs) Got it. Um, that was like the most basic thing. But what that teaches you trying to hit the certain ratios is not getting stuck with a ton of one macronutrient at the end of the day. And it also teaches you how to not feel like crap. So like not just eat a big carby breakfast and then be hungry two hours later. And then which what well, you know, when you get hungry, you immediately want carbs. So then you're, you know, craving carbs and you grab for carbs and then you're way over your carbs and all you have left is protein. So what that kind of does, that meal building and like trying to get those certain macros per meal kind of teaches you to like choose all three macronutrients during your meals. So that's you're what I used avoiding to do, the high like, highs and the low lows, which I think we used to talk about. Exactly. So that was what I used to do with just like look at it based off of that. Uh, and I was and every meal was around the same because it was the macros. It was around the same caloric intake. It was like between like 500 and 600. Was it five and 600 calories? Yeah, like 500 and 600 cal- five to 600 calories per meal with no snacks. And then when I started doing later was really looking at meal timing and like what actually felt good. So I went through a phase where I would just eat like eight snacks throughout the day. And this is something you got to play with yourself. Like if you don't have a basis in macros, like don't play with this, like just try and hit your freaking macros <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but I would try and like, all right, do I like a lot of snacks? Do I not? And what I learned was I actually like to have a very small snack between it's like between 100 and 200 calories, usually 30 to 45 minutes before I start a workout because I only take like 30 minute classes. So I just take like quick little jaunts and it's between 10 and 15 grams of protein, 15 to 25 grams of carbs and like eight ish, five to eight grams of fat. That little snack just right before my workout hat, like it is the difference between me sometimes finishing or not Mm, dialed, which is crazy. And what I do now, which is different because I don't track my macros like in an app anymore is I just make sure that my ratios per meal are on point. And then I listen to hunger. So like I will make sure I'm getting a ton of protein, a moderate amount of carbs. And by moderate, I mean like usually like 30 to 35%, like whatever the percentage we were saying earlier, that's what I aim to hit every meal and every snack. Mm -hmm. And then I just eat as much or as little as like is dictated by the activity level that day. That's so good. Loosely. That's so helpful. You know, I love how simplistic you made that. And I do want to reiterate that like I did not do this timing when I first started. It was super overwhelming learning macros at the beginning. Yeah. 
only did I, until I got comfortable, did I really focus on fine tuning my timing. And that's typically what I do with a lot of my clients. So I never overwhelm them with all that information. I want them to get comfortable with tracking and learning macros. And then once they are just crushing all of their goals, I start implementing a few more challenges as we go Totally, because they're kind of in a place where their feet are grounded and um, they know what to do and they're ready to take on those challenges. But at the beginning of your program, we definitely never do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's always so crazy how Zan, like in that reflection, sometimes people think about that and they're like, the last thing that they actually realize what it actually is, is food. They're like, it's sleep. Oh God, I went out to eat last night. Um, you know, I, I'm just lazy today. No, it's literally how you're choosing to eat a certain type of way. It's what your fuel is. It's what your fuel is. I also like, I feel like I keep saying this after all of, after you guys talk, but like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be this strict every day. Like this is when you're like, when you're learning, the easiest thing to do is just like split up your macros and try to hit them per meal. But like, if it's a Saturday and you're going to a wedding, like you don't know what the hell they're going to serve you and you're probably not going to hit it that particular day. And that's totally fine. This is not like all the time, every day, whatever. But in learning, like try and do that and try and do it as many times as you can. And it's going to serve you completely in education. I am pretty much in the same boat as the two of you. Of course, it took time for me to figure out what works best for me. I also just tailor my carb, protein, fat sources to what time I'm working out. So I'm going to use tomorrow as an example. I'm doing a 6.30 a.m. 60-minute hit class. <laughs> you seem stoked on that. I will drink my coffee on the way to, because I'm working downtown or I'm working out downtown. Yep. So I have a 25-minute car ride that I'm going to drink my coffee. I get to the workout. I am like, I know I'm going to crush this workout because I've eaten a lot of carbs this afternoon too. So, and I still am going to have some tonight. So I typically won't need anything in a cardio based morning workout until about nine to 10 a.m. That's me listening to my hunger cues. Now Mm. you bet your bottom dollar that there's going to be protein in that nine to 10 a.m. meal too, from a recovery standpoint. If I were to be doing a lunch strength class, which I do a lot, a barbell strength class, I will front load my morning just like Xan with lots of grains and veggies and protein to ensure that I feel strong during that lunchtime workout. And then right afterwards, it's more of a protein-based, vegetable-based, light, lighter carb-based meal. So you can kind of see in there that depending if I'm working out in the morning versus afternoon or lunch, it's subjective. I would say that me intermittent fasting, if we even want to call it that trendy word right now. um, Yes, I, I kind of am because I'm stopping eating at eight and I'm not I'm not eating until nine or 10 if I'm doing that morning workout. If I'm not working out at all in the morning, if I'm not working out at all that day, I still have been trying to not eat until nine or 10 because I'm just listening to my body when it's hungry. I used to think I would wake up and I got to eat. I got to get food. I need it right now. 
but I've been less in that boat and I'm bringing my breakfast to work with me. And I had a client that was like way more shredded than I am or probably will ever be. And she would do like six or 6.30 a.m. like super intense hit classes in the morning. And she's like, I cannot make it through. Like, what do I do? I'm like, you have a handful of berries and a little piece of toast right before that class. And yeah, it's early, but we don't want you feeling like shit halfway through that class. Like you need something that's going to sustain you. So her and I, two totally different body types, different composition. What worked for her wouldn't work for Mm -hmm. me and vice versa. You really just have to learn your body. Yeah. But if your body's tell, but like that, that's a perfect example of how tracking, like how you figure out what works for you. Like she was tracking, she had a goal for the day. Mm -hmm. And in her conversation with you, she was like, something's not right. We're like, okay, let's try some, let's try adjusting it. And that's like a really good example of how this conversation shouldn't overwhelm you and that it's a learning experience. Awesome. This has been Mm -hmm. hopefully helpful to everybody listening. Yeah. This Um, was really I love this topic. It's not talked about enough for sure. I have been doing a little like cleanse of my Instagram lately, but I've like seriously unfollowed like 200 people in the last week. And it's felt amazing. But I am holding on near and dear to this. I guess you could call her an influencer, but she's also an RD. So okay, take that what you will. But she <laughs> is amazing. Her handle is at the well necessities. And she posted a few weeks ago on calories being a life source. And I just like thought just those three words like calories equal life source were really powerful. And I thought it was relevant to our topic today, right? Like no matter what you're eating and when I should say when you're eating it, that's great if you have the time and the energy to put into that. But as long as you're fueling your body with quality foods that you can pronounce on an an ingredient label and or there's no ingredients, it just is the apple or it is the grape, whatever it might be. That should bring you energy, happiness, joy, et cetera, from just knowing that what you're eating is going to benefit you. So I just thought that was really relevant to the topic and not at the same time, but she just kind of breaks it down. Like her like main hashtag is hashtag fork the noise. And she's kind of just like diminishing like some common beliefs out there about food. And that's cute. It is really cute. So again, it's at the well necessities. Her name is Lily Heim, and I'm probably butchering her last name, but she has some really great stuff. The post that she had a couple weeks ago is down a couple slides on her Instagram. It's a black and white video though, and I highly recommend you go watch it. So cool. I wanted to just close with that, you guys. And we can kind of like bullet point a few of the the topics here too that we talked about, but overall just thought that was like a positive note to end on. It's true. So calories are your life source. Calories are your life source. High drive. Yeah. They give you what you need to get shit done. Yeah. Can we do the macro hack of the week? We of course can do the macro hack of the week. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love a good macro hack of the week. I want to hear yours first, then. Mine? Yes. <laughs> That's right, because it's top secret. Element it's, of surprise. Um, it's about food. Surprise. <laughs> um, here is my macro hack of the week. So I have been pretty ravenous at night. 
pretty, pretty ravenous. I don't know if I need to up my cows or whatever, or if I'm just not eating enough during the day, probably because like I go play tennis and then I like realize it's been four hours. But anyway, it's hard. Like I said, learning new things. So my go-to right now for high volume food, which not with not a ton of carbs is making soups, but not in the way that you think. So basically what I do is um, I make a massive veggie bowl and then I top it off with broth. So I'll take like in the beginning of the week, I usually cook a bunch of like chicken or like a bunch of, you know, protein, a veggie, I'll roast some veggies, um, whatever. And instead of putting like that over a big bed of greens, I just put it into broth instead. So I'll take like, I'll chop up, I'll basically make a stir fry. So chicken that like tons of veggies and fill up is I usually use a wok. I'll fill up a wok with all of this amazing stuff. Sometimes I'll cube some potato in there and I'll sometimes I'll even put like those like potato noodles that are like have like no calories in them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes I even put those in and just saute it with like garlic and whatever and make a full stir fry. And then I'll just take bone broth and I'll pour it over to maximize the volume and I'll literally put it in a popcorn bowl because it is so much food. And uh, sometimes I'll put in like a little scoop of miso to like make it a little delish or I'll like put a little grated cheese on top, nutritional yeast, whatever. And that's my go-to. I just make like a huge thing of some kind of soup, veggie soup, noodle soup, whatever. And it's huge and it's, there's like nothing in it. That's amazing. <laughs> and like eating warm stuff makes you full, I feel like. I agree. Like I don't want – I'm like I don't want to put this on a bed of arugula. Like this is bull- – no. it's November almost. Like totally. that's – fuck that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm going to like fill it up with – broth and like even the broth has more protein in it so you only need to put like a couple ounces of protein um in there and then just top it off with broth and it's delicious you don't have to simmer it for hours or anything you like literally just make a stir fry put broth on it done mommy i'm going to make some right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) what's yours um mine does not have to do with a yummy bone broth soup it is about fiber sources because i'm getting this question more and more and more how do i up my fiber sources and, you know, of course, the first answer is veggies, but not everyone likes to hear that. So I usually go the fun route and say, yeah. why don't you try a really great grain? Um, mm. So whether that is quinoa or a really I'm like eating this bread called squirrely bread. Oh, my God. I know what you're talking about. It's so good. It's only 16- I used to get in Canada. So good. They have it at Target. If you guys ever want to try it, it's like 16 carbs maybe a gram of fat and five or six grams of protein, a slice. So yes. the fact that you can have a slice of bread for 16 carbs, I always double it up. And yeah. there's so much fiber in this specific bread. Of course, if you did like a Dave's killer bread, it probably is like a one-to-one for fiber. But I just, I love the fun fact of like, oh yeah, I didn't really think about getting my fiber from bread. How fun. So I usually try to go that Way route better. and then follow it up with of course, your greens and all of those yummy vegetables. And berries. And berries. God, that raspberry one always surprises me. It's crazy. It's nuts. Everyone's like, what? Raspberries? Yeah. And lentils. Yeah, of course. Yes, lentils. Zan, give me yours. I want to hear it. All right. So obviously, tis the season of pumpkin everything, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I just carved a pumpkin the other night. Oh, God probably been the first time since like 10 years. And I now know exactly why I haven't. It is a mess. It's disgusting. It's all slimy on the inside. Anyway, the whole reason why I agreed to do this 
was because why was it disgusting because of how slimy it was yeah oh god you needed just i don't know just the texture creeped me out anyway so i did it strictly for the pumpkin seeds so have you ever taken the pumpkin seeds out and actually baked them there are so many recipes out there and so we did one that was like chocolate and cinnamon and then we did like a taco seasoning one. Oh my god well Pumpkin seeds were really, really rich source of fiber, of protein, and um, ladies, it is great for hair growth. Yeah. So (laughs) many great benefits. And, you know, going off of that fiber macro hack that you just did, Paige, well, add pumpkin seeds to them. Oh, my God. It is pumpkin spice everything right now. So take advantage. If you or your kids are carving pumpkins, make sure that you keep the innards because they are so beneficial. So that is my macro hack for this week. What? What? Knock it off. That was a really good macro hack. That really was. It's so relevant. It's like we freaking planned this. Yeah. So many flavors too. How exciting. You'll have to post that. Yeah, there's so stuff many recipes I really want out to see here, it. so I'll share them with you guys. Bless this human that <laughs> has all these ideas. Um, I love it, you guys. Thank you so much for letting me host. Zan, I think you're hosting for our next episode, so I want to hear... It's the finale. The finale. Of course it is. Next episode is our season two finale. So we wanted to do something special for all of our members and actually do a QA. and a So we're going to post, whether it's on Instagram, our Facebook page, whatever it might be, but we're going to get just a list of questions, anything and everything you guys want to know, and we're going to answer them for you guys. So it is entirely up to you. You guys are taking over the very last episode of the season. So And don't be afraid afraid to ask some rogue yes things. yes ask yeah. literally anything we are open books <laughs> nothing is off the table unless it's like some super scientific crazy thing that we gotta outsource then yeah we'll we'll try and do that <laughs> which is fine we got connects yeah some phone calls yeah phone a friend and if so anything pumped. is coming to mind right this second just slide into our dms on the habit on yeah. instagram yeah girl Amazing. slide into those dms <laughs> That's slide into them. Okay, love you guys. Okay, love you. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. (laughs) 